Hey folks, it's Pastor Jennifer Hodson from Bryan Community Church. We are located in Bryan, Texas. We are a new church plant for the United Methodist Church here in the community, and we are excited to be worshiping with you, whether it's on Sunday morning or now online. Um, we are, as I said, so new that we don't have the abilities to live stream just yet. We are hoping to do so soon, but until then, what I'd like to do is sit down after I have preach my sermon and re-record what I shared on Sundays. And so this is the opportunity that I do that. But before I get into the word of God, I just encourage you to check us out online. We're at briancommunitychurch.org. We also have had a fantastic opportunity to reach people through social media. So you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Brian Community Church. So with that being said, um, I hope and pray that you have brought your Bibles with you today. If not, grab them because we are going to be in the Word of God as we are every Sunday. Um, and then I want to share with you um, a profound statement that was made to me when I was in seminary. And it just kind of like opened up my whole world view of living for the Lord here uh, in this life. And um, what was said to me is that we don't have to wait until we die to experience heaven. Now, of course, Jesus, we know, conquered all sin and death and that we have the opportunity when we place our heart and trust in him to go to heaven um, after we die. But the good news is, is that we don't have to just wait until we die um, to participate with him and see glimpses of heaven lived out on earth. In fact, I bet you have already seen in the last week many times in which heaven was revealed to you. Um, here are just a few ideas and you tell me if, if you have seen this take place. Um, how about a parent helping another parent with their child? Or um, a friend dropping everything that they're doing to go and help another friend? Uh, showing up to pray for someone who was hurt or sick, or maybe checking in on someone who you haven't seen in a while. Because believe it or not, when you do these things, um, this is Christ living in and through you or in and through um, your brother or sister, that we can participate in the kingdom of God right now when we choose to lift someone's spirits, maybe cheat maybe teach a child uh, the Lord's Prayer, lead a Bible story, or encourage um, encourage a brother or sister. Uh, so here's the thing. We don't have to wait. We just have to be open to it. The tricky part, though, is having our hearts ready and our minds and hands and feet ready to do the work of the kingdom of God. Now, brothers and sisters, we have a great God who doesn't just um, preach to us in, in telling us what it means to be a kingdom people and to to do um, to do uh, kingdom minded things in this earth. Forgive me, I'm, I'm losing my my words right now. Uh, we don't have to to wait, and we have a God who demonstrates it. Because what I love about Jesus is that He didn't just preach about being a kingdom people; He actually lived it out. He taught it. Right? We have a show and tell Jesus, someone who's going to show us what it means to live for God and to live for others um, and to put our faith into practice. And in fact, in Matthew chapter four and five, um, we are going to unpack that. Jesus, he came before he said a word, before he taught anything, he just simply went around Galilee in chapter four, verse 23. He went around 
Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and he healed every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, and those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Jesus didn't just talk about his faith. He lived his faith out. And that is a message and a message for us that we can't just talk about our faith, but we have to be active and living it out. And so we are going to, to lean in and we're going to listen at, to Christ and his word and message. And we're going to figure out how we can continue to be um, a kingdom people who help reveal heaven on earth and what are the characteristics that we are to have in doing so. And so um, we learn following Matthew chapter four and after Jesus has healed many people, um, he takes a step back and he starts to teach and explain why he does what he does and then who we are called to be if we are going to be his followers. And so uh, I invite you to turn to your Bibles in Matthew chapter Five, I'm going to first read to you uh, the Beatitudes, and then we are going to unpack not all of them, but just one of them today, because uh, there are so many and they are difficult to understand. I'd also like to caution you that as I read this, if you haven't read the Beatitudes before, they are hard to hear, hard to understand. Um, especially whenever you hear the word blessed or happiness, depending on the translation in which you are using. Because in the world that we live in, happiness is often defined as, or blessed is often defined as, um, you know, by, by what we own, the location of our homes, and how much money we have in the bank, this obsession uh, that our culture has with self and beauty. Um, so I want you to prepare yourself because what I'm about to read to you and what Jesus shared is counter culture. Okay, you ready? So um, from Matthew chapter five, verse one, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, or falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now again, what did I say? Uh, blessed are the poor, the mourning, the meek, the hungry, the thirsty. Blessed are you who are persecuted because of me. I told you, this is hard. Um, Let's unpack this for a minute. What does it mean to be happy are those or blessed are those? The Greek word uh, makarios is the translation of happy or blessed. It also means flourished, uh, flourishing or privileged. So um, as Jesus was teaching this to those who were gathered around him, you know, the crowds had been 
witnessing uh, the miracles that he's been performing. They've been hearing about the miracles that he's been performing. His disciples, uh, the few that he's already called in Matthew, um, they were following Jesus. And, and Jesus took a step back out of the synagogues. He stepped back out of the city and he went to the mountain and he said, okay, we're going to talk a little bit um, about what I'm doing and we're going to talk a little bit about the kingdom of God. And I'm going to explain to you um, how you can be blessed. And so as you can imagine, if somebody said, okay, so these are the ways that you can be happy, or if you want to be blessed, this is what you have to do. You would lead in and you would listen, especially if you were poor, you would want to know, um, God, I've been hurting and I've been broken. If you've been sick, you're going to lean in and, and you're going to want to know what it means to be happy or how you can obtain this, this blessing. Um, if you were a religious leader, if you were a religious follower, if you followed the laws of Moses to the T, you kept every command, you probably would have leaned in and said, all right, Jesus is going to tell me that I am blessed because I have checked all of the boxes, I've crossed all of the T's, and I've dotted all of the I's. You would have leaned in. And then one more attitude of leaning in would have come from those who were waiting for Jesus to be the Messiah, to, to um, overturn the Roman rulers of the time. They were waiting for um, his blessing to come in the form of power and might, and they wanted to know how they could be a part of it. So everyone was on the edge of their seats, and they were waiting. And then Jesus said, blessed or happy are you who are poor in spirit or mourning or persecuted or things are being said about you that are false. How does that sound like happiness and how does that sound like blessings? Well, that's where we are going to, to talk about it, particularly this blessed are the poor in spirit. And we, we won't get in the other blessings today or in the other beatitudes. But right now, let's just let's just translate that. What does it mean to be poor in spirit and why is that a blessing? I'm glad you asked. To be poor in spirit, it means to be emptied, to be bankrupt, to be free of clutter, to have room available in your hearts, right? And this is going to be hard, but hear me out. To be empty, to be bankrupt, available. What, right? That's not what we're told. And remember, this is counterculture. It means to have nothing, that you recognize that you have nothing to bring to God to somehow pay for or earn your way into the kingdom of heaven. It means that we have to have this attitude that is so keenly aware that we are nothing on our own, but yet we are blessed, we are happy, we will flourish, we will find privilege when we put our hearts and our faith and our life and our trust in Christ. And someone said, and, and I've said this before, that this is a full-blown reordering of the reality in which we live in, right? Because at least here um, in, in my context of Bryan, Texas, and in Texas, I would say this is probably a, a national truth that the values that our nation have um, are founded on how much we know, how much we can do, how full our calendars can get, how many vacations we can go on how we don't need to depend on other people for help, right? We're a very independent people. 
But this is not the characteristics of a kingdom people. That if we are going to see glimpses of heaven on earth, that we have to be a kingdom people who are poor in spirit, who recognize that we are nothing without God. And God, we need you. That needs to be our characteristic. That needs to be what defines us, to recognize that, that we need God, that we are nothing without him. And brothers and sisters, I don't know, I think this is probably really good news. If you are listening to this and you are going through a difficult time and you feel like you are at the end of your rope, then, then I can see how right now you are more poor in spirit than anyone else because you're dependent on God. And that's an okay place to be. In fact, that's probably a great place to be in, in a place that we all need to be. You know, because for, for those of us who might not be at the end of our ropes, um, this might be a difficult message because we need to have a value shift. We need to shift the way we think. We need to shift the way we talk. We need to shift the way we act. That we need to stop trying to earn our way into heaven or stop living for the stuff that we have or telling ourselves and others, well, I've said the prayer, I've gone to confirmation, I've been baptized, right? Check, check, check. We got it wrong. I mean, those things are important. I mean, Christ calls us to, to give our lives to him and, and to be baptized. Then we were to, to live for him, but it's not, it's not about the actions, it's about the attitude. It's about where we are in our hearts with Christ. It's about a relationship with Christ. Are we actively coming before God and giving him praise and thanks that, that he does love us and that he does forgive us and that when we are wrong, he still is there and he's provided for us because there's nothing that I can do. There's no amount of money that I can earn. There are no amount of works that I can work to make my way into the kingdom of heaven, to make my way into God's presence. There's nothing that I can do. And Jesus says that that's the attitude that we need to have to realize, God, it's not about me. It's not about us. God, I need you. And so, brothers and sisters, as I share this message today, I just encourage you to, to think and pray about it. What's your attitude? What's your life? What have you been reflecting as followers of Jesus? You know, because here's the, here's the thing, and I think this happens. And my sister, Linda Scroggs, um, shared this with me. She said, you know, she said, sometimes we get so busy in life that we forget to stop and drink our water, right? And, and we can think about it this summer. You know, it's been so hot in June and July, we get so busy that, that we don't take time to, to drink and then we get dehydrated. It's not healthy for us. But then what happens when somebody puts that water in front of us? We realize how thirsty we are. And I think that's kind of what has happened today. This passage reminds us how thirsty we are, that we haven't been drinking from the well of life, that we haven't been allowing Jesus to fill us, that we think we've got it all figured out and we're just fine and, until somebody sits us down 
and puts a glass of ice water in front of us and we realize how thirsty we are. And, you know, and it's not a bad thing to be reminded. And I think that's what our passage does today. It reminds us of who we are, who we are called to be, and that we need to be drinking from a well that doesn't run dry. But in order to drink, we have to stop for a minute and look up and say, God, it's you that I need because I can't on my own. And so I um, I closed with this confession, and I'm going to share it with you today. Uh, so as a new church plant pastor, as a new church plant in Bryan, I have a lot of people who've come up to me and say, hey, how's it going? Um, you know, what's going on? Are you excited about the new church? You know, and I'll say that um, so, so many blessings, so many blessings, but I often find myself saying, you know, it's really hard. And I say that with, with all of the, the best intentions in mind whenever I say it's hard. Um, it's hard for all of the right reasons and all of the good reasons, right? Because we're starting from scratch. We don't have a building. Uh, we don't have a budget. Uh, we just have ourselves in a group of incredible people who are willing to do God's work and, and put in the effort. But it's, but it's hard. And um, where I have become become or where I have have been in my faith and walk and journey in this new church plant is poor in spirit. Well, I have realized that God, I cannot, we cannot do this without you. And I think that's exactly where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be on our knees saying, God, this giant that's before me, here it is. I can't conquer it, but you can. And you know, and I have said that and I've been saying it. And a few, a few weeks ago, maybe just over a month ago, I had a colleague who came up to me and said, Hey Jen, you know, how's the, how's the new church and uh, what do you need? And I said, well, you can pray. You can pray for us. You can pray for us. And um, a few weeks ago, I got this text message and there was um, a bracelet on the text message. And I don't know if you can see this or not, um, but it says, pray for Brian Community Church. And that colleague of mine, he took my request for prayers very seriously. Mike Lindstrom down at First United Methodist Church in Brenham, uh, down where Bluebell uh, is made. So if you're not familiar with uh, Brenham, maybe you know Bluebell. And he, he went to his congregation and he bought these bracelets and he handed them out um, to all of his people and said, hey, there's this new church plant there in Bryan. We're going to pray for them. And they're praying for us. And I'm realizing that God does intervene and he does provide when we are on our knees and we say, God, we can't do it by ourselves. And so that's the attitude that, that I am leading with right now. And that is the attitude that our church is leading with. And God just steps in. And he's been and he's going to continue to do that. And he's going to step in and he's going to continue to step in in any area of our lives, not just within uh, the church, not just within Brian community or, or the church setting where you're serving, but in all areas, in our marriages, as we raise our children, um, in our communities, at school, uh, where do you find yourself at your work? 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who say, God, I wave the, the white flag. I can't do this. But you can. And this is who we are called to be. And this is a kingdom, people. And when we live in this way, little glimpses of heaven, because when we get to the pearly gates and we stand before the Lord, he's going to want to know that our hearts are looking to him and are ready to worship him and are ready to depend on him. And so why not practice now? Brothers and sisters, I share this with you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.